If you've got a Bible, open it up. We're still in the Gospel of John, John chapter 4. And we're going to be reading 15 verses. John 4, 1 through 15. Open it up. It's going to be helpful if you can see it for yourself during the sermon, but you can follow along on the screen behind me now. John 4, 1 through 15. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word yet again. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We cannot see what we ought to see without it. I pray now that you would do work among us so that even now we drink from living water. Even now we drink from the water from which one can drink and never thirst again. Oh, God, would you please do that for us? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Glad you're here. Kids, we're glad that you are here as well with us. Parents, we welcome all the little noises, so don't be stressed out. Merry Christmas. At Christmas, we give gifts. If you celebrate Christmas, you know that. If you don't celebrate Christmas, you still know it. You see it everywhere. It's on the TV. It's on the internets. Internets. Gifts, gifts, gifts. Now, there's some good things about our gift giving, and we're going to talk about that at the end. But there are some negative things as well. If you look at the way the West in particular thinks about Christmas, it's about stuff, isn't it? We want stuff. We want more stuff. We want TVs, we want phones, we want computers, we want jewelry, we want video games, shoes, 
clothes, we're obsessed with stuff. And the problem with those gifts that we want on Christmas is that they don't satisfy us, do they? They can't. It's just stuff. It's very rare to get a gift that you still care about a year later, don't you? Isn't that right, kids? Except for Legos. I mean, maybe, maybe two weeks. Maybe two weeks. It's exciting, but stuff just doesn't satisfy. And, and the thing about what Jesus says to the woman in the passage we just read is he says that's the problem with your water. The water that you drink, it's not going to satisfy you. You can drink, you can satisfy your thirst for a little while, but it's not going to satisfy your thirst forever. We saw that in verse 13. And Jesus is using this analogy, the analogy of thirst. We want water, but he's not talking about water, is he? Not that kind of water. He's talking about our souls being thirsty. All of us have thirsts inside that cannot, will not be quenched with anything other than God. That's true. That's true of every person in this room. I don't even need to poll you. I know you have a thirst inside that cannot be satisfied with anything other than God. Every time I get a new phone, I left my phone sitting over there. Every time I get a new phone, maybe you've experienced this, it just is so exciting. It's so exciting to get a new phone. It's brand new. You just feel like it's going to make you so happy. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to get dirty. I get the protector on it. And it's so exciting for about two days. And now if you look at my phone, it's all cracked. It's filled with dirt and dust. And that might be because I'm irresponsible. But it's just not as exciting as it was those first few days. And maybe you've experienced that before as well. I'm sure you have. Some people move from phone to phone, though. You might know people like this. Because the high they get those two days is powerful. And so once it wears off, they just get a new phone. We move from toy to toy. Some people move from relationship to relationship because we get little tastes, don't we? We get tastes of what it feels like to be satisfied. It just wears off. And so we chase that high. We just turn in our old and get a new. A lot of people do that, but we're still thirsty, aren't we? You think, oh, this next click on the phone or the internet's going to do it. But it's not going to do it. It can't do it. Alcohol, food, drink. It feels like it can, doesn't it? In a moment. But it can't satisfy your deepest desires. I had a friend who was addicted to methamphetamines. And after he sobered up, we had coffee together. And we talked for a while. And he said the first time he ever took meth, he said, it was as if someone said to him, this is what you've been looking for your whole life. And he said, it felt like it for a few days. And then it stole everything from him. It stole his money, all his relationships, his health. It promised, but it couldn't keep his promise. Methamphetamines, they promised, oh, I can fill that thirst. He said it was almost audible, but it lied. Jesus is telling this woman, I have something that really will satisfy that thirst. I really have it, and I can get it. If you're honest, you know that your soul is thirsty, and nothing in this world can make it go away because you were made for God. 
Jesus has a gift for you this Christmas. He has a gift that can satisfy that thirst, your soul's thirst, not just for a day, not just for two days, not just for a week, but he says in this text, forever and ever, and he means it. So we're going to see what's going on here first, just the setup of the passage, what's going on, and then we're going to talk about the gift that Jesus has to give. So Jesus is passing through Samaria. He's going north to Galilee, and he and his disciples stop outside the town of Sychar in Samaria. Jesus is tired. Do you see that in verse 6? It says he's wearied from his journey. He really is a man. We mentioned this at the beginning. Depending on your background, you may know that Christians say that Jesus is one with God, and we do. He's truly God. He's not God the Father, but He is God the Son. But He's also truly a man. He's really a man. He's not a superman. You got that? We think, well, if He's God and man, then He's some mix that makes Him super. But no, He's truly God and truly man, like one of us. And so he gets tired. It's important that Jesus is truly a man. It's really important. I hope you get this. If you're not familiar with Christianity, our big problem as humans is that we don't stack up to God's law. You and I fail all the time. And so we need someone else to fulfill the law for us, which means he's got to be a real man, not a superman. And we need someone to be punished for our sins. We really deserve. We deserve to die for our sins. And we need someone to take our place, not a superhuman, a real human. And that's what Jesus is. It's good news on Christmas that he became one of us. So he's tired. Verse 5 through 9, I'm going to read those right now. He came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Okay, so the sixth hour is around noon. His disciples have gone into Sychar to get lunch, and a woman from the town comes to draw water. She can't believe that Jesus is asking her for a drink. You see that in verse 9? How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? The Jews and the Samaritans were enemies. So in the year 722 B.C., so that's 722 years before Christmas, the first Christmas, Assyria came and took away most of the people from northern Israel. They left the poorest in the land, and then they sent in foreigners. And so those poor people who were left in northern Israel married with the foreigners, and they mixed gods. They tried to maintain a kind of worship of Yahweh, but he was one of many gods, and their worship wasn't true worship. The Jews hated them for this. Because they claimed to be following the one true God, but they weren't. They even built their own copy of a temple on Mount Gerizim, 
basically saying our temple is the real temple. We're going to see that in a few weeks. And the Jews said, no way, you just copied our temple, and the Jews will actually come and tear down the Samaritan temple. So there's some bad blood between these two people. They do not like each other at all. And this one's a Samaritan, and she's a woman. Now, we're going to see in a few weeks, Jesus' disciples can't believe that he's talking to a woman. We're going to see that in verse 27. They're shocked. They clearly looked down on her and assumed that she wasn't worth Jesus' time. See that in a few weeks. But you should know that Jesus doesn't see people the way the world sees people. He does not. Jesus doesn't see you the way the world sees you. Are you an outsider? Are you an outsider in this country? You feel like you're an outsider to this thing that we're doing right here? Jesus is not afraid of you. Jesus came to this woman, the ultimate outsider. We're going to see in a few weeks a sinner. Everybody knows she's a sinner. And he came because he wants to save her. Do you hear that? No matter where you are, this is why Jesus came. He wants to save you. He's come for people just like you. So that's the setup. Jesus is sitting with a Samaritan woman because he wants to save her. She can't believe that he would ask her to drink from her bucket. But it's a setup so that he can give her a drink. He can give her the greatest gift. Let's see what that gift is. I'm going to start reading in verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. What's he talking about? The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. He's not talking about normal water, is he? The woman doesn't get that. See that in verse 15? The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So she thinks Jesus is talking about drinking water, but Jesus is talking about water for her soul. Whoever drinks the water he gives will never be thirsty again. He doesn't mean thirsty in your mouth. hope you see that. Because the water he gives is going to be a spring that wells up in you, and he doesn't mean you're going to have water coming out of your eyes and nose and ears and mouth. He's talking about your soul. What can satisfy your soul's thirst? What is it? What can satisfy your soul forever? Living water can. When Jesus mentions living water, he's referencing the Old Testament. He's, he's referencing the book of Jeremiah, which was written 600 years before this happens. Listen to this. This is Jeremiah 2, 12 through 13. God is speaking through Jeremiah. Listen to what he says. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. One, 
They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And they have hewed out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. God was saying here, I am like a fountain of living water. Do you get that? I'm what your soul was meant to drink from. I'm the one who gives your thirsty soul satisfaction and life and joy, and you can have that knowing me. But you said no, and instead you tried to satisfy that thirst anywhere else but with me. Listen, only you know what you've tried to do that with. It's different for every single person in here. We have all done it. We've all tried to satisfy that thirst somewhere else. What is it for you? And God's saying, when you do that, it's like drinking from a muddy pit. You built a cistern, you built a well for yourself that's leaky, and all that's at the bottom is mud. And you know it. Every high you chase lets you down. Everything you try to drink deeply in this world always lets you down. It has to. Everything but God is muddy salt water. It's wet, so you think it's going to quench your thirst. But it will always leave your soul thirsty. Always. I hope you've tasted that. I hope you've tasted that letdown. It's a sad thing when people go their whole lives ignoring the letdown and just chasing high after high after high and not realizing it's just mud water. It doesn't satisfy. Jesus is telling us, God is what your soul is thirsty for, and I can give him to you. Not just for a little while, but for eternity. Listen to John 7. This is coming later. John 7, 37 through 39. I love this. No one speaks like Jesus. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. So if you come to Jesus, he will bring you to God. But do you know how he'll do it? By putting the Spirit of God inside of you so that you can enjoy a real, personal, intimate relationship with God. Did you hear what he's saying? He's saying, I'm going to put that living water inside of you by the Spirit. Jesus is not saying, look, you need living water. I've got a map. I'll hand it to you, and you can go on a really long, difficult journey and find this well of living water somewhere. Maybe grab a cup full and take it back home. He's saying, no. I'm going to put the Spirit in you so that you can drink whenever, wherever you want. And by the way, Christians in the room, I hope you remember this. 
He's not just saying you get one drink in your life and it should satisfy forever. He's saying, no, I'm going to put the fountain in you so you can drink and drink and drink. Have you forgotten that? You can drink from the living God whenever you want through Jesus. That's really good news. It cannot be taken from you. Are you thirsty? Now, in John 7, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. You notice that? He didn't say, all the good people come to me. He said, are you thirsty? And if anyone has any knowledge of their own soul, they should say, yes. That's all he requires for you to come to him, that you recognize that you're thirsty It doesn't matter what your background is. It does not matter. Listen, it doesn't matter what wrong you've done, how much wrong you've done. Are you thirsty? That's what matters. Jesus came to a Samaritan who was an outsider. We'll see in a couple of weeks a notorious sinner because he wanted her soul to drink and be satisfied in God. Are you thirsty? all he requires. Back in John 4, there's one word that shows up eight times as a noun and a verb. It's the word gift or give. That's really what this passage is about. We're not simply saying, hey, this is Christmas. Let's talk about gifts. Let's have a gift sermon. No, that's actually what this passage is about. It's about giving. Who's giving to who? Yeah. Jesus sets the woman up by saying, give me a drink of water, but it's only so he can give to her. And the thing about gifts, and this is what we get right at Christmas when we give gifts, is that they're given, not earned. That's what a gift is. If you earned the gift, it's not a gift. Kids, If you get any gifts tomorrow, it's not because you earned them. I mean, that's what Santa gets wrong, right? If you've been naughty, you don't get any. If you've been nice, you get a bunch of toys. That's not how the gospel works. It's not. It's free. It's really free. Adults, do you get that? The naughty list is the only one there is. And Jesus says, if you're thirsty... So gift-giving gets that right. None of us could earn the gift of God. Jesus became one of us to give us this gift, the living God. Are you thirsty? On Christmas, God the Son, sent by His Father, was born. And He did it in order that He could live a perfect, sinless life in our place. We needed him to do that for us as a real man because nobody in this room and nobody else who's ever been born could do it. And he lived the perfect life so that, get this, he could go to the cross and be crucified. If anyone doesn't deserve to be crucified, it's Jesus. And that's right. You do. But he went there in your place 
as a man, really punished. I know this blows a lot of people's minds because they think, if Jesus is really God, if he's really your leader, your holy man, there's no way he would die. And we say, that's the point. He had to die so that we could be forgiven and have life. And if you trust him, if you're thirsty and you trust him, he'll forgive your sins and he'll put the Spirit of God inside of you so that you can drink from the fountain of living water now and forever. You will live forever. You will exist forever, and you can have him now and forever. That's what Jesus is promising. Are you thirsty for that? You know your soul is thirsty and nothing else will satisfy it but God. He is bringing you a gift this Christmas. Receive it. Let's pray. Thank you for the gift. Thank you that you became one of us, Jesus, so that you could live for us and die for us. And thank you that you bring us to the Father through the Spirit. I pray that we would love that we have living water. You give the Spirit to those who trust you so that we can drink and have our souls satisfied and nothing can do it. Nothing can do it. But God, help us to drink deeply even this morning. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.